This wondrous episode contains adult language, mature situations, post-apocalyptic toxic jungles, beautifully designed skycrafts, mischievous fox squirrels, powerful female main characters, and Hayao Miyazaki's greatest work. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 295, Miyazaki's Masterpiece Manga. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and fan reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. This is your host Zan saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? This is one of the most powerful episodes of the podcast because soon, very soon, it will be our 300th episode. And more importantly than that, it will be our 10-year anniversary, 10 years since the Spark and Manga Review started. Can you believe it? Most podcasts fade after five years. So 10 years of doing this. And I've got to say, I've still got this. I love doing this, and I want to keep doing this as long as I can. I might change some stuff around, but I still love reviewing manga. I love reading it, and I have so much fun doing it. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time, welcome Sparkin is a podcast that provides informative reviews about Connect the Enhanced Narratives. Every episode, I will talk about one or two manga titles and tell you the pros and cons about it. The art style, the character design, the plot, the historical impact of the manga, and most importantly, if it is worth investing your time in or not. Now, you don't have to agree with anything that I say, but I try to be informative, educational, entertaining, and mostly impartial. Even though sometimes that really doesn't work, especially if it's a really shitty manga or if it's a really good manga. But I do digress. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spiraken.com. Spiraken.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Apple Music, Spotify, Player.fm, Stitcher, YouTube, and several other social media sites and podcatcher feeds. Now, if you are already following us, Thank you very much, and I do appreciate it. And if you're not, check us out. Join us. And if you're on Instagram, remember to tag me. If you see me at a con or if you see me in person, I'm always down for it. And if you're on Twitter, DM me or retweet me. I'd really appreciate it. So with that in mind, now let's get with the review of the episode. Because if you remember from last time, I spun that one, that only, The Wheel of Manga. And it dictated on to me that I'd be doing a very special manga today. One which I'm surprised I haven't reviewed yet, but it did come up. And it's one which, it puts a smile on my face and inspires me. And more importantly than that, I reviewed the anime adaptation film on the Spark and Movie Review all the way back in episode 62 of the Movie Review. That's all the way back, I think it's in, uh... 19, no, 20, not 19, 2012, all the way back then, so it's been a while. And this manga I'm talking about was written by one of the greatest anime film directors of our age, and one that you will obviously know if I talk about. I'm talking about Hayao Miyazaki, the guy who made Kiki's Delivery Service, My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and so many other amazing films which have touched our hearts throughout the years. And Before he started doing that, while he was working on Heidi and working on Sherlock Hound, he ended up working on a manga with Takuma Shoten back in 1982 to 1994. It was brought over here by Viz Media in an excellent collection. 
I've got to say, I've never seen a more beautiful manga collection so far. It's one which is seven volumes long, and it's one which touches so many hearts, and it is very different than the anime. And this series is a shonen adventure sci-fi fantasy series. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Kaze no Tane no Nazuka. Nazuka of the Valley of the Wind. Now, if you did not listen to episode 62, which is in the show notes, or you've never heard of Nazuka, I feel kind of, well, not, I feel kind of blessed to be able to tell you about this amazing story. And this is what brought Hayao Miyazaki to the forefront because he ended up making a film based on this amazing work. This series is dark. It's beautiful. It's heartwarming. It's tragic. It focuses on a powerful female main character and it has a very socially conscious environmental message that explains itself so well. The story takes place in the far distant future. How long? We can guess, but we don't exactly know. But many millennia ago, there was the seven days of fire, and humanity unleashed what are known as the God Warriors across the land, and they destroyed the earth. What was left was little pockets of humanity that created little villages and fiefdoms and kingdoms, and they existed and they survived. However, there was a small problem with the destruction of Earth. Earth decided to get its revenge, not through some weird monster. Well, not exactly. What came about from the destruction was the Sea of Corruption, a organic jungle that covers the Earth and is poisonous to humans. And insects have grown vast and wild. They've taken over the planet. And slowly the sea of corruption is absorbing everything possible. And this sea, if any human goes into it without a face mask, they will die within seconds. And our main character, Nausicaa, is the princess of the Valley of the Wind. A state of of a once famous perpetrary called Eftel. So pretty much it's a small fiefdom of a city which is part of the Tomekian army and the Tomekian empire which is a warlike nation and this country is part of it. It's not even a country, it's the size of a small town. However, because of its location, the winds blow all the evil toxic spores away from this country so that it is safe and people exist. However, the birth rates aren't very high. And there's not a lot of people left. It's not like some of the other nations. And the reason why no one messes with the Valley of the Wind is that they have one of the last remaining gunships. A ship which is essentially, it looks like a Derringer. It's got one nozzle and it can shoot and cause lots of damage. It can destroy any ceramic armor possible. Because we've kind of gone backwards in time but forward as well. Because there's some mutated creatures that we use as as mounts that you put uh, gas masks on, they're safe. But most people use airplanes that, if you know Hayao Miyazaki, they are drawn so realistically you could picture them flying. They have gliders, they have gunships, they have all of these various awesome flying machines. 
And Nausicaa is an expert pilot. She's amazing. She's the best pilot there is. But also, she's not just a pilot. She's also the princess who is willing to work with her people. She is polite to them. She knows everybody's name. If there's work to be done, she doesn't delegate. She gets her hands dirty with it. She, when you open the manga up, she is exploring the toxicness of the Sea of Corruption to get an Omu shell. Because an Omu died. Omus are these very big bugs that cause lots of problems that are actually more sympathetic than you think. And she sees one of their shells and she ends up taking a piece of it. Not for some prize, no. She's going to be using it. She's going to be using it to make a new cockpit for one of the ships. She's using it for someone else, not her own benefit. And she's also picking up plants to make this great experiment. Because she's trying to figure out what's going on with the toxicness of the plants and how could she fix it. Because she's trying to also fix her father who's dying. He's been infected by the spores and he's just getting this very slow death. And as she is doing this, she meets an old friend, Lord Yupa, the traveling swordsman warrior who travels from city to city and country to country exploring. He gives her news and he gives her her new pet, a small furry creature known as a fox squirrel that she names Teto. And in one of the most adorable scenes, you find out that Lord Yupa saved this little creature and he's going to give it to Nausicaa. And immediately when the little creature sees Nausicaa, he lashes out at her and bites her finger. Now, most people would go screaming, ah, and throw the creature away. Nausicaa lets it bite and relax because it realizes she's not a threat. She doesn't like fighting. Now, from here, it gets more different because later on a ship crashes into the valley of the wind and the problem is that this ship contained a prisoner from the Tomekian army from Pejite one of the neighboring countries and this prisoner the only survivor who's dying slowly tells Nausicaa take this small circular device destroy it they can't get a hold of it they take it, they remove it. No one knows what happened. And now, Tomekian army shows up to the crash site and sees that their men have been buried. Someone had to have been here, but who could have done it? They don't know. So they fly immediately to the Valley of the Wind to see if they know what's going on, and they cause some problems. They actually go into the city, and they proceed to assassinate the king. Because they are douchebags. And Nausicaa ends up killing one of the guys, defeating him, and then saying, get out of my country. I'm a loyal Tomekian citizen. Do not uh, challenge me. And she lets, and they let her go. She ends up working for the Tomekian army as a pilot at first. Then things get weird because you find out that there is one of the remaining god warriors was found. And the device, the thing that she was given is actually the activation code for this giant monster. Then it gets even more crazy when you have the members of the Tomekian royal family fighting with each other, trying to kill each other. You have the Princess Kashirin, uh, Kashana, who is the royal high general who has lost limbs from 
the Omut attacks, but also she is someone who doesn't take shit from nobody, especially her brothers who are trying to assassinate her. You have another country who is trying to take over the a lot of political drama, a lot of action adventure, and you have even more existential stories about what is going on. If you've seen the movie, you know that it has some aspects of political conflict. The manga goes so much more deep into that. It is a truly astounding series. The art style is a little unpolished when you see it, unlike the modern manga where it's done with computers, it's done by hand. So it's a little rough, but I gotta say, they're all imaginative, they're all glorious, and they look phenomenal. There are scenes in the manga which you just want to print into a big print and put on the wall. It does get a little bit messiah at one point when someone dies and they come back from the dead, and then you have the truth of what happened to the old world, and then people dying of radiation poisoning because they find a nuclear warhead and it becomes kind of Planet of the Apesy where they're worshipping the nuclear warhead. But the story is astounding. And it's something which is very progressive for its time because in the 80s there weren't a lot of female protagonists of this caliber. Yes, there was Cutie Honey. Yes, there was Magical Girl Sally. Yes, there was uh, Oscar from Rose of Versailles. There was never someone like Nausicaa, a woman, a sci-fi hero, who kicked ass but also had the heart of a true ruler. Now, while I would love to go further into this manga, and I could, but hours on it, I think I'll leave it up to you to check it out. Now, if you want to to find it, the box set is available for $70 at most bookstores. And if you go to a con, you can get it for $550 if you know what you're doing. It's a worthy investment, and it's definitely something which is worth any collection possible. I want to give away one set, but I'm not going to because this is something which you should get on your own. I'm going to keep and hoard mine. So, that's me being a little greedy, but... With that in mind, you could probably guess what I'm going to give this. It is a really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze your eyes and slope and your soul will be forfeit. Not to the great Zoma Gustar, but to the evil god warrior who calls Nausicaa Mama. And that's actually a thing in the story. So, yeah. I guess, uh, so yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email me, zanspirekin.com. Uh, the random question of the day is going to be, do you think that Nausicaa is as good as it is, or is it overrated? Let me know. Zanspirekin.com So with that in mind, let's get to the part you've all been waiting for, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the, the Wii! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. I've assigned a manga tile to each of the 10 slots. So I'm going to spin that one, that only the Wheel of Manga. And whatever number it lands on, that's where we're reviewing the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And I'm excited because I've got some great titles on here. And we are so close. 
so close. We are within a week and a half of getting this episode. So let's finish the review. That was a really good spin. Number six. So, in the next episode, I'm going to be reviewing a manga, which I actually read this manga after watching the anime series. I'm surprised I got this one. But it's a series that I really enjoy that's a lot of fun. It's one of the more fun sci-fi western series, and it's about a guy who believes in love and peace. What are we talking about? We're talking about Trigun by Yosuhiro Natao. So... I'm excited for that one because that's a fun series. It's really favorite. So, I guess that's it for this episode. I'll catch you guys next time. This is your host, Zan. I am Gonsville, and read more manga.